Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Dick, and it's bonus episode time once again. Yes. We have a couple clips from recent episodes where I asked just one too many questions and the episode ran a little long. But we are never wasteful here at the Interrogang, and we have compiled some of those leftovers to satiate you all this week. First up, we have a list of Kyle's quote-unquote flawless independent fonts. There are a lot of fonts out there, you might have noticed, I don't know. Uh, So I asked Kyle to boil it down to the handful of fonts that that have taken his breath away over the years, and here is what he came up with. Okay, Kyle, after we've talked about, uh, you know, the AI intervention designing fonts, let's let's bring it back to some good old-fashioned human-designed fonts here. Kyle, I have a bonus question for you this week, uh, and there's a little story time that goes ahead of it for some context. Uh, Kyle and I were recently uh, in the same place together. What a novel concept. Uh, I was visiting him and we were at a Denver Rockies. No, we were at a Colorado Rockies. <laughs> Should be major a league Denver baseball Rockies, game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Coors Field. Uh, if you've never been, beautiful stadium. If you love baseball, you got to go. And we were walking around and we noticed, Kyle noticed, I should say, that everywhere around Coors Field, mm-hmm. there was the... Huffler and Frere Jones typeface knockout. Yeah. Used on concession stands, used just about anywhere you looked, you saw knockout. Mm-hmm. And Kyle mentioned to me that that, to him, was one of the most flawless uh, independently designed fonts ever. And I thought that yep. was quite a, that was a grand statement. What a, what a statement to make. And so I asked him, what would be, would that be one of your top three most flawless fonts and he said yeah and then i asked what the other two would be and so we mm-hmm. wanted to share we wanted to celebrate some of independent typography's best of the best uh and and hand out some some kyle flawless awards here today <laughs> so i asked kyle i'm asking kyle hey kyle would you share hey. with us hey how you doing would you <laughs> share with us your three most flawless typefaces independent typefaces please uh yeah that was a really good day at the ballpark and a really good setting to talk about type because knockout is all over that stadium everywhere and i honestly really enjoy going to the course field because knockout is just used to if it's full full extent in that stadium and it's a, a yeah it's a joy i don't know the type nerd in me is like great i get to watch baseball game and i do it in the presence of actually well said type um that was used for the purpose that it was designed for and it just all comes together in a great way um yeah so i i'm happy to share my top three flawless typeface uh choices um but i wanted to define flawless first Sure. Uh, I'm defining flawless and as your co-host Josh, right? That's how you're defining flawless. Oh well, that goes without saying. Oh okay, okay, sorry. Yes, I'll I'll shut up. <laughs> so I'm defining. I'll take my answer off the air. I'm defining flawless as a typeface that I can't find a flaw in. Um, that is not to say that these types are perfect. 
because there is no such thing as perfection in type design. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. But uh, it means I, I simply cannot pick these typefaces apart at all. I can't find a flaw. I have no notes for the designer. No notes. I think they are well-executed, well-designed, well-conceptualized, whatever. I have a great deal of respect for these designs. And yeah, the the reason why these three typefaces to me are on this list is because you got to respect their game. I mean, just bottom line. these I think these are objectively flawless. Uh, so first of all is Knockout. Um, I would like to put that one in the first yeah. slot in no particular order. Mind you, it's a knockout. <laughs> uh, knockout was uh, began in 1994 uh, by Hofler and Frere Jones. I actually don't know how much of the partnership there went into this typeface, if this was a majority Hofler or a majority Frere Jones. I don't know. But Knockout was originally um, made for the New York Times Magazine, which has always been a patron of uh, great type design and experimental grounds for type designers throughout history. Um, and, but it was completed in 1998 for the redesign of Sports Illustrated. It was a perfect use deployment of this massive typeface family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't know actually the, the bottom line or how many fonts were actually deployed there at, in 1998 for the magazine uh, I, I, or if more had been added later. But yeah, this was like to me one of the first typefaces to go from uh, a range of widths, a range of weights, and a a range of combinable expressions that all fit together. So I like to call it the pre-variable variable typeface. <laughs> I think if variable t- technology had been around in 1998, Knockout would have been one of the first ones to use it hands down. Yeah, uh, To be able to slide seamlessly between these weights and widths um, that's what this family was built for. It's super versatile. Uh, and its wood type origins give it this sense of uh, history and gravitas and correctness that it's just hard to pick apart. Uh, the glyphs are they're well designed because they're designed by two of the, the best type designers uh, that we have. And uh, yeah, I, I can't find a flaw. I've been looking at it for a long time. Um <laughs> And if anybody can find an really issue, please let us know. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy a knockout. And a quick fact check, it does list Jonathan Huffler as the typeface designer. Yeah, I got the sense that I, it was I don't, mostly him, but... Don't know quite how that would have worked in the 90s, but... Um, so that leaves us with number two. My The second entry into this flawless typeface list for me is Miller, the 1997 release from Font Bureau. Miller's is a Scotch Roman typeface, uh, and for those who don't know, Scotch Romans were the, you know, printing types that came over th- from uh, Europe, the UK, um, at the time of founding fathers, in the US, that were made to look mm-hmm. a certain way, but they ended up taking up their own style, and a lot of newspapers ended up using them. So it's a good editorial serif typeface style. Matthew Carter is the credited designer. But additional credits, and I did not know this until I looked this up, go to Cyrus Highsmith, Tobias Frere-Jones, and Richard Lipton. Um, (laughs) 
So those are three of our era's greatest type designers. And that's proven because two of those people have a Garrett Northside prize. Uh, and I believe Richard Lipton has won an mm. award recently, maybe the AIGAI medal, a big Adobe guy. Yeah, <laughs> just add Carol Twombly and Susanna Lico, and you get the monsters of type design. Oh, Kyle, we do not reference Space Jam nearly enough on this podcast. We Thank don't, you, my friend. But this is perfect act- time for that. Excellent. Can you imagine your team of type designers? If you have a type design draft, you get Matthew Carter, Cyrus Highsmith, Tobias Fair Jones, Richard Lipton, Carol Twombly, and Zuzana Lico. I mean, you cannot beat it. It's a murderer's row. It's a 27 Yankees right there. Bingo. Yes, exactly. So Miller gets my vote for this reason alone, but um, also because it's a beautiful typeface and countless retail stores. I think J. Crew used it and probably, I think, still uses it from time to time. It rose to prominence there in the 2000s in in editorial uh, state. Uh, I think GQ or Esquire were using it for a long time. And um, yeah, it's just become a de facto beautiful serif typeface that uh, you honestly can't find a flaw with. Beautifully designed. Um, And number three. Um, Now, this is the one that I feel as though people might debate, but my personal opinion on flawless typefaces, something a little bit more current than the 90s, (laughs) uh, is Canela from Commercial Type. Uh, Released in May of 2016, designed by Miguel Reyes, Mig Reyes. He's a type designer that I don't think gets enough credit. He's definitely not a type designer who lives in the public eye. He just works hard over there at Commercial Type and kills it on everything that he touched, uh, everything that he touches, um, Canella is a is a modern typeface. I think it pulls from history. It started out as a Clarendon, and slowly the, the serifs became less and less prominent or important, and it ended up with these flared uh, strokes. And uh, commercial type credits that to Mig Reyes' uh, stone carving experience. Um, so this typeface kind of has a historical technique of stone carving baked into it but a modern proportion and a modern digital font purpose i guess and i can't find a flaw with this one i've i absolutely love how the rounds hold spaces so well the caps and the lowercase are weighted so like just in sync the proportion of the x height i can go on and on about this typeface They've they've since released a, a lot of different uh, widths, um, a couple of different widths here just to expand the, the palette. Um, and even in doing that, they didn't drop the ball. It still feels like a typeface that's been around forever mm-hmm. and will be mm-hmm. around forever. Um, it just feels correct. Wow. It feels right. And a lot of people end up using typefaces, you know, for a couple of years, and then you know they kind of fade out in their library. I, I think Canela is an evergreen typeface, and um, it may be stylistically dated. I, th- I don't think we are far enough away from it yet to be like, you know, to know if it was, it had a moment and then won't ever have a moment again. But I think that it's it's an evergreen, flawless typeface that, um, yeah, just can't can't really be beat there. 
feels like you need a Shakespearean sonnet to explain how you feel about Canella. <laughs> Uh, maybe I will. Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> I'm gonna write. These are typefaces that inspire poetry, people. <laughs> inspire some love letters. Yeah. From one type nerd to another, yeah. <laughs> and Kyle, you are a type nerd. I, I, I didn't mean to leave anyone out there at the end of that one, so rest assured, if you're listening this far into the entire gang, it is a safe bet that you are a type nerd as well. Welcome. Next up, we have a continuation of our two-part AI series from a few weeks ago, because that topic is just too huge for a couple brief conversations. So here, we talk about whether the advent of AI in type constitutes cheating or creating an untoward shortcut to your creative process. Take a listen. So let me ask just kind of a question that I kept coming back to both these past two weeks sure when we've talked about a type designer turning to ai to do some of this work whether it's the entire the entirety of type design or if it's some of these these beats that we were talking about today is ai cheating is this kind of technology where you are having it Mm. take some of this work from you would you constitute that would you call it cheating i absolutely would not Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty firm on that. I think I've got a couple of reasons why. I I can see how you would see it maybe as cheating or a, a shortcut. Shortcut is a synonym is a good yeah good good way to put it. Um, I keep coming back to that thought that all of this is just seeking out shortcuts. I don't think that's cheating. I think in the past we've come to new technology to help us refine the process, but it's all in effort to help us as humans continue to enjoy the work or get the most out of the work. It's never been to just usurp somebody else's work or something like that. Like, I I feel like it's been, it's not cheating. Uh, You're not getting ahead more than somebody else. You're simply finding a different way to go about it. Sure. And I'm sure that's what cheaters say, but <laughs> but, uh-huh. but to me, <laughs> Jacques, that's uh, I gotcha. It doesn't feel like cheating now, you know, like you know when that that feeling of of discomfort, and you, you just know it when somebody has been cheating. I don't feel that if you talk about it in terms of type design. Um, if if somebody else put out a typeface that looked like mine right after me, I would be like, yeah, sure. Maybe they looked at mine and and brought it out. If it's exactly like mine, I'd be like, well, that's clearly stealing. Right. But if if it turned out that they used AI to get to that answer and I didn't, I don't I wouldn't feel cheated. I would just feel like, oh, that there there was a different path to get there that Fair enough. maybe was faster or a, a shortcut that I missed. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's cheating. I think my answer to my own question lies more if I may use a baseball analogy in like it's less cheating and more gamesmanship it's like when you steal Mm. signs in baseball which stealing is in the word so maybe that's a problem but that's that's not cheating (laughs) but it's gamesmanship it's it's you're you're using the tools in front of you to do more and do better you're not circumventing the rules maybe you're just uh finding a loophole or yeah you're streamlining (laughs) yeah there's so there's something there that's not like Hmm. two thumbs up awesome 
but there's but it's not yeah horrible it's not hell worthy mm -hmm. you know you haven't committed a sin i don't i i'm i'm i think i've got to think more about this one i don't think ai is cheating i think it's uh, another creative tool that we can use as type designers in the end humans still want to do this work i think people still want to make typefaces they don't want to run a company of right. machines making typefaces well maybe somebody does but they're clearly not in it for I'm sure someone does the reasons that i think are societally accepted <laughs> <laughs> sure sure i'm gonna have to think about this one for a little bit more it's a very good question josh i remember i remember way back like one of the first times you and i sat down and talked about typography together mm -hmm. and you were talking about variable fonts which we were yeah. just talking about and i if i remember correctly I asked you this exact question, but with variable fonts. Huh. Isn't variable fonts cheating? And you like flipped out. You were like, I what? No, absolutely not. <laughs> how how could that be cheating? And again, my I think it's a similar thing. You're right. Your argument that it's not about getting ahead of someone else. Mm. And so in that case, you're not tearing someone else down. My view and the reason I'm asking is you're you're gaining tools that make it so much easier or take away so much of the potential work that constitutes the job of type designer mm -hmm. that that's where my question comes from. In both cases, I don't believe it to be cheating, but I liked asking the question yeah. in both cases. Oh, I can see that. Uh, yeah, thanks for that question. That's so funny that you asked me that about variable fonts and it had a somewhat similar response. <laughs> Obviously, cheating is on the mind for me but i from an outsider's perspective i can see how you would see it as cheating i think that that term shortcuts versus cheating is the right one to go with here sure it, you're finding a different way to do the the, the same process uh, whether that takes away some of the joy for you or um, takes away some of the end results of the process i think that's another debate but through these conversations, I think what I've come, the conclusion I've come to is what I'm calling cheating is actually just progress. So we sh I shouldn't get too <laughs> <laughs> caught up. Maybe that's a sign of your pessimism. <laughs> Any progress must be ill-gotten. Ding, ding. <laughs> I believe you got is. the right answer. <laughs> well, let the uh, optimistic side of, the, of our, our little equation reassure you, Josh. Uh, okay. Everything's going to be okay. Just and I think this we're once. Make it forward. <laughs> Just this once, I'll let it I'll let it slide. Sweet. That's it for this week's Interrogang. This episode was edited by Andrew Spheris, who also provides most of the original music you hear on our episodes. The music you are listening to right now is Cut It Loose by Max Band. The Interrogang is a production of Proof & Co. Visit our website at proofco.xyz to subscribe to our weekly newsletter or to get your copy of the 2022 Annual Report and Almanac or to see what else is going on in the world of type. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore and underscore co, on Instagram at proofco.xyz, or drop us a line via email at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any thoughts on what we discussed in this episode, have any topics you would like to hear discussed on a future Interrogang, or if you've written love sonnets to fonts, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, and of course, we hope that you are, 
you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month by following the link in our episode notes. Your support helps us expand what Proof & Co. and the Gang have to offer. As always, thanks for being a part of the Gang, and we will see you next time. How is that for you? I need a cigarette. A bit rough, huh? Very satisfied. That's what they always say. <laughs> that's, that's the Kyle Reed way. <laughs> uh, ladies. <laughs> I'm glad you have a recording of me doing that. It, it, actually, the pattern in Audacity is very funny when I did that.